Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I am Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for joining us. If you're in the YouTube, make sure you smash that like button. Let us know you're there. Always helpful when you hit that like button for us. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're subscribed and have those notifications turned on. So when a new podcast drops, you get that notification right away. We've got a lot to get to today. The Blackhawks literally moments ago have dropped their preseason schedule. We're going to start the show with that. That includes the game in Milwaukee against the Minnesota Wild, which we'll get to. Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. Uh, We're also going to do our final player evaluations of the summer, wrapping things up with... Some of the only Hawks left, <laughs> Jonathan yeah. Taves and Patrick The only Kane. two left. They, yeah. we, we did everybody. We yeah, we've got the whole roster. Full collection. We cover the one team in this city not afraid to trade your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everybody else in this town is scared to make a trade for whatever reason. Not the Blackhawks. Get the hell out of here. Hey, That's ever, they try, the White Sox tried. They tried really they hard. Tried they tried for Otani. Their so long hard. tradition of trying really hard to get good players. <laughs> they tried so, so hard. Short. I can't believe they didn't take Adam Engel and A.J. Pollock for Shohei Otani. What the hell? Yeah, we tried. <laughs> anyway, there's enough uh, venom floating around the air in these studios from uh, the Cubs and Sox podcast. Make sure you check them out as well, as always. All right, let's start it. Preseason schedule is out. The big bit of news, uh, their fourth preseason game, Sunday, October 2nd, in Milwaukee at Five Serve Arena against the Minnesota Wild. But six home games, or six preseason games total, kicking things off on the 27th of September against the Blues. They're in Detroit, September 28th, back home October 1st against Detroit. Then it's in Milwaukee against the Wild October 2nd, in Minnesota October 6th, and then they wrap up the preseason on October 8th, Saturday, in St. Louis. My wife's birthday. All right. That's fun. Take her to St. Louis for a Hawks-Blues preseason game. It says romance like a night in St. Louis. (laughs) I don't think I... Ever have a reason to go to St. Louis? Get some toasted ravioli and some bad pizza and some jean shorts, some jorts, yeah, <laughs> some meth. <laughs> I don't know what you have in mind for my birthday, Mario, but count me out. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. A game in Milwaukee. We've known about this for a while. Finally made official today. I don't know. I don't. There's no downside to this, right? You you've got Minnesota, you've got Chicago, you've got Milwaukee. 
kind of right in the middle ish. If you make a right angle, um, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the game. I just really suspect this is going to be another Hawks home game. That's it. Just feels like it's going to be a bunch of Hawks fans go to Milwaukee, yeah. and watch the game there. I yeah. would think so. Yeah, I w- I would say so. I'm I, you know, being that it is a preseason game, um, it wasn't going to be the Predators. If it was a regular season game, maybe Nashville would have made a little bit more sense because of the Milwaukee Admirals being the AHL affiliate of the Predators, uh, a pretty decent uh, Nashville fan base in the city of Milwaukee because of that. But um, yeah, I mean, locationally. You'll, you'll get Minnesota fans. You'll get plenty of, of, of Blackhawks fans. It's a preseason game. Um, so, I mean, you, you know, if, you, if you're looking to sell out the arena, probably not going to happen. But it, it should be a good, uh, a good representation uh, for the game. And, and yeah, the, the new arena in Milwaukee that replaced the Bradley Center, the Pfizer Forum. Um, I don't know if you guys have been there for, for any yeah. events or anything like that. Uh, Seen it from the outside. Yeah, I went to impressive. went to a Bucks game a few years ago. It was uh, it's a it's a great arena, not a bad seat in the house. Um, the uh, I believe they call it the Deer District that surrounds it. It's uh, a huge entertainment district. The, the whole thing was a, a, a huge uptaking by the city of Milwaukee. Uh, turned out very well for them. Uh, obviously, the Bucks bringing a NBA championship to the to the city didn't uh, didn't hurt either. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a great venue, great place to to go. I think. I don't know how many hockey events they've had, but I know this will be the probably the second major one that they've had. They hosted a uh, little college ho- holiday tournament uh, this past December uh, with uh, Wisconsin, Providence, Yale, and the fourth team is Bowling Green. Uh, so that was, I think that was a, su- a success for a college hockey uh, little holiday tournament there. But yeah, it's, 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 it's good. It's good. There's and there's you know Wisconsin-based Hawks fans. Um, until I moved to the city of Chicago, I was one of them. So uh, it's 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 definitely a, uh, a a good move, and and it's a low risk because it's preseason. Yeah. The hockey capacity for Five Serve Forum, fifteen thousand one hundred and seventy-eight. I think there's a shot that I think that'll sell out. I think it's a bit of an event. They'll fill it. Yeah, it'll be filled people that paid for tickets or not there'll probably be a lot of giveaways <laughs> yeah if you're but, looking for tickets by the way blackhawks announced uh sale is starting on friday there you go milwaukee is a fun little town yeah uh and it's a good hockey town the the admirals have been they're one of the oldest minor league teams in the united states for a reason they get a lot of support they've been yeah. around over 30 years i want to say yeah uh, um, predating the uh, the ahl yeah they were an ihl team long mm-hmm. before the ahl they you know they've been around for a long time i remember once a summer as a kid we would always spend a weekend in milwaukee to go to Summerfest, and i remember the admirals having a big thing at Summerfest every year and we're talking you know this is the the mid to late 80s so they they've they've got a presence up there wisconsin's a big hockey state you know there's reasons why uh you know milwaukee's never been in serious contention for an nhl team and I, I know you know you can look it up and, and figure it out uh you know i'm sure back in the day the blackhawks didn't want a team that close um uh, and so 
It's a good. It's a good. I'm looking forward. I, I, you know, it's a Sunday. Maybe, maybe we can go road trip it and cover that game live. And I'm interested to check out the new arena. As I said, I've I've parked near it when I've gone up to cover some Admirals Ice Hogs or Admirals Wolves games in the last couple of seasons. It right, looks really yeah. cool. And Milwaukee's a great town. So much to do right there at the arena. You pay. You 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 put your car in a garage for the day, and you can walk to thirty different restaurants, thirty different bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Sunday. Go up there. Watch the Bears game Sunday, at a bar. Watch Sunday the Bears get destroyed by whoever October. And then go see the hockey. You know, the weather will still be nice. October 2nd will probably still be 80 degrees. So, uh, yeah. you know, it sounds like a good time. October 2nd, summer. Yeah. It is. Indian oh, it'll, summer. It'll, it'll, still be, uh, it'll still be summer, for sure. October 2nd, I'm looking to see who the Bears play. Uh, the Do Giants they? in New York. Okay. That might be a win. Maybe. Celebrate one of three Bears wins in Milwaukee <laughs> on October second. I will say though, good luck to uh, good luck to you if you're looking to go into Milwaukee and say, "Hey, could you turn the Bears game on?" Yeah, put on the Bears. That'll be tough. I'll yeah, be a, t- be a tough sell. Well, you know. We've got we got a super chat from Brandon. He says, "Move the Coyotes to Milwaukee?" Multiple question marks. Uh, no, that won't happen. Yeah, I don't Phoenix think so. is uh, or Arizona rather uh, is. Shoehorned into becoming a, a hockey city by by the NHL and by Gary Bettman, and yeah, you know what? Good good for our friends at PHNX. They I saw they got a new uh, another tour of the uh, the Schumacher. college facility. That, that didn't take long. That the, yeah, <laughs> there it is. They, they just put it. They just put them in the center of the of the of the ice and said, "Turn, take a look around, and yeah. there you go. There, yeah. There's everything." No, I think uh, Gary Bettman is obviously going to die on the hill that fe- that hockey will work in Arizona. Gary Bettman will be buried. Wherever, the, the, wherever the, the wherever the new Tempe listen, Arena I love is our, built, I love our PH PHNX guys. It just it ain't working. I don't think it's ever going to work out yeah. there. Like just, what? What is suddenly going to happen? That's going to Austin Matthews is a Coyote okay, in front of four thousand fans. They've had a lot of like they've had star players before. They started the franchise with Ronick and Kachuk. Yeah, and it really hasn't. I don't know. Like they had you had Dylan the initial Strom. surge of oh new thing, let's check it out. But since then, so if you here, can't make it work with Phil Kessel, you're well, not a hockey. Well, right. Like here's the idea though. <laughs> like instead of maybe selling off all these wonderful prospects you right. draft and develop, well you don't really develop them, but you draft them. Maybe keep them. Let them play for your team. That's what they're Become trying competitive. Now. I don't know. Uh, they they went outside of the box with the the GM hire. What was it? Chakla, I can't think of his name right now. Mr. Chaika. Chaika. Yeah. He's no longer there, though. Right. Yeah. No, but they tried to go outside the box with Mr. I'm just a numbers guy, and mm-hmm. that was a complete effing disaster. Yeah, it didn't work. He proved out that he was, you know, all talk and no action. But, yeah, I mean, maybe win a little bit. That will help. That, Everybody like, supports a winner. You're, you're trying to figure out, like, what what is the secret to getting win. people to come to our Why Why isn't hockey catching on in Phoenix? Well, you've got... You keep taking One on bad contracts from other teams basically, just to get to yeah. the floor. That's why. Because you're, you're paying Chris Pronger, Pavel Datsuk, and Marion Hossa instead of actual hockey players. Yes. People don't want to come and see you get your ass kicked every people night. Don't, people don't want to go pay money, 50 bucks to walk in and look at a contract in a, in a trophy right. case. <laughs> Here's right. our best player's contract who will actually never play for this team. <laughs> they've, yeah. had, they've had one deep playoff run. Uh, that that I can even at the expense of the Blackhawks, <laughs> yeah. That that I think uh, really Smith. turned into anything, but yeah, I mean it's you know win. It, it's, that's that's the best way to do it. Like yeah. you can, uh, you you'd be surprised how popular your team will get 
if you have like two or three back to back deep playoff runs. Oh yeah, it would be amazing. Oh what yeah, will happen. and 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 to the people that are like, you know, well, why doesn't Milwaukee have an NHL team? Well, they tried to be an expansion team back in in 1990, uh, 92 season. One of the biggest detractors in the Pettit family pulling their expansion uh, campaign out is because the money that they were going to have to put forward wasn't going to translate to a successful team right away because expansion teams in the 90s were not the Kraken, were not the Golden Knights. The yeah. rules of expansion teams were in favor of all the teams that had star players. Like, oh, yeah, you'll keep all of your players. So in the 91-92 season expanded to Ottawa and Tampa, and those teams were terrible right out the go, gate. Go. And Milwaukee, the, 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 the Milwaukee group that was trying to get an NHL team at that time, didn't want to go through that. They wanted to be able to have a competitive team because without a competitive team, even though Milwaukee and Wisconsin is a great hockey market, it, it has to be competitive right away. Otherwise, it's not gonna work. drawing fans yeah, so is going to be hard. So Ottawa, if I remember correctly, they like wasn't it Alexander Degg was their first ever draft pick and weren't they so. given like the number one pick for being an expansion team? I think I, it was I, a it was a f- coin flip between the two. The expansions were one and two that year. Yeah. And okay. They won the coin flip to get number one. And I think number two was uh, was that Roman Hammerlick? Was he the, the to the, Tampa the, to Tampa? Was he there? That sounds pick? right. I think it was Roman Hammerlick. Uh, but uh, and then where did Radic Bonk come in? Was that the next year? Because Ottawa was so bad. Those early '90s drafts. That's not my. Yeah, uh, I think it was the next year. But um, third overall in '94, Radic yeah, Bonk. There you go. Greatest, one of the greatest yeah, mullets that, in the history of hockey. And that Ottawa team, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think they set the record for fewest wins. Yeah, and like most road losses. I think they only had like one road win the oh. entire season. Boy, it was, it so was, yeah. So it's, go back and yeah. Google if you don't remember. If you're not old enough to remember, you weren't paying attention to those '90s expansion drafts, early 2000 expansion drafts. Go Google those and look at the names that were being picked, and you probably haven't heard of any of them. They were it was a terrible. Mark Andre Fleury esque player was not available to no, those teams. I mean, none, nobody in the <laughs> NHL sweated the expansion draft. No. you weren't losing anybody You're of losing consequence. You were nobody. losing your fourth liner on your AHL team. The Senators had 37 points. That's bad. In 93-94, 14 in wins. Yashin Dag. Yashin was good. 79 points in uh, 83 games. What was go down, Sylvan Turgeon? That was not the good Turgeon. Oh, <laughs> this team sucks. Yeah. So oh, I think Norm McGyver was on that team. Uh, Steve Conroy was. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. Was, so yes, Norm McGyver was on there too. So yeah. winning obviously brings the uh, the people in into the gate. Yes, it helps. And um, the Coyotes could use some more winning. And I don't know how we completely. Div- <laughs> <laughs> no, drove just, off the top. Talking but, about yeah. maybe moving the Coyotes to Milwaukee, but ah, that's what it, it was, would really yeah. be great. No, I don't think it would. I just, I think the league has enough teams right now. I don't want to see it expand beyond what they are, have already if done. Anything they should get rid of a couple. Yes, it's an, they e- should it's, contract it's an a couple. even thirty-two. Like, but if you, if you go to thirty-three, if you are looking at future markets, yeah. for whatever reason, you know they've always talked about Hamilton. They've always talked about getting back to Quebec. Yeah. Uh, Houston's a huge market. It's the fourth biggest market in the States. Right. And they've had, they have a history of hockey there. But I think Quebec obviously makes a ton of sense. Hamilton makes sense being in Canada. But if you're looking for a U.S. market that's actually going to support and get behind hockey, I think Milwaukee makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the support behind the Bucks, the Admirals, et cetera. 
they're a passionate fan base, especially for the winter sports. It's kind of a no-brainer, but it's just a matter of who's got to fold or who's got to move because you're not going to go 33 teams. That's way too watered down. No, 32 is is already watered down enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. October 2nd, Wild, Blackhawks. Nothing brings uh, Wisconsin fans together like a team from Illinois and a team from Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Uh, By the way, is this – so the last game – is what was it October sixth? October eighth. October eighth. So that's a week. That's another late start to the St. season, Louis. right? Yeah, the fifteenth. No, it the, the, the the opening night is October thirteenth. I want to say. Is that later than usual? Though? It's like, about a week. Maybe a week later, a week but later. yeah, usually they're right around like the October fifth, October sixth. So I think it's about a week later. Yeah. So I wonder if we're gonna have delayed. Trade deadline, delayed free agency, delayed draft, like we've been doing. I don't with think the COVID so. Years. I think everything is supposed to be back on like a I hope so. pretty solid. July first, this isn't the same without free agency. I'll have to. Well, I mean, here you guys talk. We'll, talk uh, amongst ourselves. We'll talk. I'll figure this out. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think because the the eighth will finish the preseason, and then opening night of the NHL season is five days. What I think about five days later. That's not that's not too bad. I don't think it's too bad of a delay that they're gonna. Um, you know, have to worry about any off-season dates being pushed back. Um, I think, too, uh, you don't have to worry about, at least in this season, you don't have to worry about an extended uh, all-star break, Olympic, quote-unquote, all-star Olympic right. break uh, to, to screw with the season at all. Um, and hopefully you don't have to worry about any COVID Delays screwing with the season at um, all. Hopefully, it's knock on all. Not the wood. super late. If we look back, 2014, October 9th was the opening night, October 7th, and 2015. 2016 was October 12th, so that's okay. right about there. That's where we opened this year, yep. And then mm-hmm. the fifth, the 17, 18 were both were both on October 5th. So it's right about on it's, par yeah. with the rest of it. It's a tad late, but it's not like, oh my god, everything's going to get pushed back late. It's not like the it's not like third week of October or anything right. like that. Yeah. So By the way, weird start of the season for the Hawks. Opening in Colorado on the 12th, in Vegas on the 13th, in San Jose on the 15th. Then they don't play again until the twenty first, where they host Detroit for the home opener. Yeah, that's like, like is the circus in right town. Out. Yeah, five <laughs> days off, like right after the first week. Well, playing and three games play, in four play, nights, play, then, then five, five days, days off. Yeah, that's a little goofy. Um, but is hey, their bye week like the first, first week of the season? I think season? their bye week is in January. Their <laughs> yeah, official bye week, so, even yeah. though they kind of get a bye week. Right. Yeah. Right off the bat, to so go five days between games, just even for, with travel, just to rest on those. That uh, 2 and one start or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're off from February first through the seventh. Yeah, it's that. Is first. that All Star break? Yeah, probably. No, anyway, we've got the whole season to figure this out. No, no. Today's episode, we're going to completely <laughs> take a left turn and we're going to go yeah, through all right. eighty-two game games, game. win, loss, overtime, loss. We'll figure out the record. Ah, uh, the dash law says no COVID delays, but what about monkeypox delays? Uh, I can't. I can't even start to process this right now. There's a whole other uh, thing potentially happening. Monkeypox and polio, 2022, baby. The, the, the monkeypox thing. I, I read about it yesterday. Um, there, there are. It's not uh, transmitted the same way as COVID, so it should shouldn't. I, I'm not a medical expert. I don't think as as long as we respond to it properly. Yeah. I have a lot of faith um, we're going to respond to it properly. Oh, I feel properly. better. It should be okay. 
Uh, but I, I will I will save the details. But it is not transmitted the same as COVID. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. I also think there's a tune in tune in next week for CHGO uh, Med, <laughs> and you'll get all the details. Because you need. there's a visual <laughs> component to monkeypox, people will now take it more seriously. Well, I don't want to look like that for a week. Okay. Well, CHGO we'll Med see. is that being produced by Dick Wolf too? I think so. Right, yeah, cool. awesome. they're, they're, they're we're we're working on a, a trio episode with Chicago Fire and Dick Chicago. Wolf and uh, favorite uh, short time. Who's the other one? Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and then Chicago Med. They already have CHGO, a CHGO Med. CHGO, CHGO Med. Med. It's a crossover episode. I don't know. Like yeah, that. it's a crossover episode. It's where one Matt of those Fox shows. There's a fire at Halston and Ashland. Those don't intersect. <laughs> that drives me crazy. That was the one thing on the bear that drove me nuts. They were like, we're on the Edens. We're going to Naperville. You can't do that. <laughs> you, Those can't. Two things <laughs> you are lost. <laughs> you obviously have no idea where Naperville is, sir, because yeah. you are not going there. Yeah. I think our friend uh, Chris Dubio here is giving us a, a reason why there's a break oh, in October. Harry right. Styles yes, taking over the is. UC. I did see that. It was spray painted on the sidewalk on Madison Avenue, all up and down Madison on my Way in. Oh, yeah? Like, temporary spray paint, like, with stencils. All the Harry like, Styles He's stuff? literally there for, like, two weeks. Dang. Well, that'll That's be fun. fun. That'll yeah, be fun for the Harry Styles fans. I, 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 I gotta say, I've been... I dig Harry Styles. He's, his yeah. music necessarily isn't my cup of tea, but... But it's good. That, yeah, it's not bad. That was like Justin Timberlake won me over. Yeah. yeah. Right, I get actually, why people like it. He's okay. Yeah. He's not yeah. He's not my... I'm not gonna go see him, but I, I dig his style. No pun intended, but, I mean... Hey, the dude's the dude's got some stones with some of the outfits he shows up in, and yep. knowing that he's yeah. going to get some flack for it from our uh, overwhelmingly open society, uh, but good for him. I he's like him. He's an actor now too. He's of course he is. At, well, he's actually coming out with a movie in September with the, the one of the Marvel girls in Black Widow, and it's supposed to win like all those awards. Oh wow! I would check that no, out. It's and it's like a thriller movie. And so he's like he hasn't like come out yet, but it's Jennifer supposed Lopez. to win awards. Yeah, Let's like like there's every all the trailers are out for it, but it's already up for like a he's ton of stuff. O- it's Oscar nominated pre-release. Spoiler alert: they buy their Oscars. <laughs> That's the voice of Sarah, our young person correspondent yes. slash yes. producer, Harry um, Styles expert. Thank you for everything, uh, young she keeps Sarah. Keeps us informed. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I, I there's nothing that delights me more than um, making my daughter embarrassed. Nice. So I've turned the word dab into an adjective, <laughs> and I'm like, boy. This shirt you're wearing is totally dab. And she's like, Dad, a dab is a is totally a gesture. Dab. It's not an adjective. I go, you're being very undab right now. <laughs> and it just drives her. Because av- the dab is over anyway. Is so, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's man. From what I, I understand. Sarah, it's like a couple years ago. Yeah, okay. It's so old. the more out of touch I come off to her. The more it upsets her, so bring I'm just so the more you're it. gonna do it. She yeah, hasn't, she hasn't I, figured it out. It's the reaction you're going for. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the I'm more she gives it to you, I am trying to annoy and embarrass it's you. The sto- it's, the it's, it's the adult version of sto- I'm not touching you. I'm not touching <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> exactly, yes. exactly. All right, let's get to our player evaluations here. Uh, the final two of the season, we've gone through a couple of dab Everybody, These but first we got to tell dab. you about our friends at PointsBet. Best way to support us here at CHGO. Download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do it right now, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not all. Make that $50 or more first-time deposit, and you're going to get a free CHGO membership. That gets you access to all of our web content, our great Discord page. You'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt 
from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching or you think your favorite team is primed for a comeback or a blown lead, more likely in Chicago, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. What are you waiting for? Download the PointsBet app right now and use that code CHGO. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Speaking of dab shirts, you know where you can get yourself some dab gear and dab shirts? You can head over to FOCO. They got all. The, it is spreading. They've got, yes. they've got the dabbest <laughs> of the dabs over at FOCO. Uh, CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access of all the best collectibles and gear around all of it. Whether it's the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Cubs, the White Sox, or the Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, or your friend, or your loved one, or your your girlfriend's friend, or whoever it is, (laughs) your wife or your girlfriend, whoever you're buying for, FOCO's got it for you. No discrimination. No. They don't care. They just put it in a box and give it to you. Look... Looking to get some new gear, collectibles, or accessible accessories, FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids. Everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Rock that Blackhawks banana hammock at the pool this summer. <laughs> You'll be the talk of the town, no looking, doubt about that. Looking great. So head on over to FOCO, that's F-O-C-O dot com, or you can click on the link below in our YouTube description if you're uh, watching on the YouTubes. While you're clicking that like button, click on that link to FOCO, F-O-C-O.com. And while you're there, you're going to get 10% off of whatever you buy just by using the promo code CHGO at checkout. So get some dab gear and (laughs) save some money while you're doing it. It just makes perfect sense to me. Saving Uh, money is pretty dab. Yeah, nothing is dab is dabbier than saving money. dab and dab all in one. Exactly. Saving money. Uh, your Blackhawks banana hammock will have you the talk of the town because you'll be in the police blotter, by the way. That's why. <laughs> uh, save that for home and for special occasions with your wife. Um, Mario, you can wear one to your uh, trip to St. Louis for your wife's birthday with the meth, <laughs> the cracker pizza, the toasted ravioli, and the Hawks banana mm-hmm. hammock. Hawks banana hammock. Wear yeah. your banana hammock under your jean shorts. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There That's are dozens of us. Already pre- <laughs> pre-ordered from FOCO. All right, let's get to it. You guys are going to be very surprised. Patrick Kane, we're going to start with. We're using, it's been a couple weeks, so let's refresh everybody on our grading system. We go with the feathers system. So four feathers is an A, three is a B, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Patrick Kane, this season, in 78 games, had 26 goals, 66 assists for 92 points. He was a minus 19, nine power play goals, 22 power play assists, 287 shots. He had a 9.1 shooting percentage. Averaging 21.49, 21 minutes and 49 seconds of ice time per game. Uh, had a 49.08% Corsi, 49.44 Fenwick, and a 46.44 expected goals for percentage. I love that Fenwick. Uh, I gave Patrick Kane four feathers. He gets an A because, frankly, he is the one dude, well, him and Debrinkin, I would say, mm-hmm. that you can really depend on on a night-to-night basis, and, and even though we still think he's playing with some bit of some kind of injury that no one's really talking about, Patrick Kane might still be playing the best hockey of his career, and it's really, really uh, something to behold. He was awesome last season. 
And I don't know how you can give him anything but four feathers. Yeah, him and Debrinket were the, the two players this this season that uh, got the full four feathers, um, I think, from all of us this year. Uh, and it was very clear. They were the two best that th- that the team had uh, playing last season. Uh, for Patrick Kane to have his third best season of his career uh, with with the way that last year's season went for the Hawks as a, as a whole is – uh, something to behold. Um, just yeah, the, the team went as he did. Uh, if if he was if if he was move if he was going, the team was going, uh, and he was just doing it by himself pretty much the most of the way last year. So he could only drag the team as as far as he could on his own. Uh, going into next season, I don't know who's really going to be uh, helping him all that much. I don't. You know, we we've talked a lot about you know. Him catching uh, the, the 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 records for for all time Blackhawks, uh, you know, points, assists, whatever. Um, he needs a couple, you know, 70, 80 point seasons to uh, to to do that if he were to do it all in Chicago. But uh, I don't know if he's gonna be reaching those point totals with the way the team's gonna be built the next uh, year or two. So uh, this, somebody's got to do it. Some right? someone's got to do it. I I just. I don't know if he's going to have the hang supporting on cast to, to do have it. Connor Bedard on your line next season, buddy. Then you'll if be, that's the selling point, fine. if that's <laughs> the selling point fine. for Kane, um, it better happen. I almost gave Kane three and a half feathers. Um, <gasps> Scandal. Almost, because you got to remember there was that stretch in November and December. He, I think he had one goal in twenty-one games. Like he went a twenty-one game stretch with like one or two goals, and people were starting to be like, "Uh oh." Is this the decline we've all been waiting for? Yeah. Is Alex DeBrinket taking over as the best team? And he went, yeah, nope, just kidding. I'm going to just <laughs> – he tied his career high with 66 assists. Uh, still had 26 goals despite going literally a quarter of the season with just one goal. Mm-hmm. So uh, he still has it. Yeah, there's there's that nagging injury we've been hearing about and, and, and surfing duck ass, you know, do we have any idea what it is? Honestly, I don't. I think we've heard speculation, but it's, it's, no, it's just speculation. Out. I mean, yeah. I, I would suggest if if I had to guess upper or lower, I would guess it's an upper body because his speed has not been affected at all. His skating, at least when he has the puck, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's amazing, as we've said before, that as soon as the team doesn't have the puck, how much slower he automatically gets. Maybe, he, maybe the nagging injury is having to play defense. Maybe it's that piano on his back that slows him <laughs> down. Um, so... I almost gave him three and a half just because of that stretch. But again, these grades are built on, at least for me, they're be- they're built on expectation. Did he succeed expectations? Did he meet his expectations heading into the season? Absolutely, he did. Mm. He may have even exceeded them. He may have even been a little bit better than I, I thought, considering you know the age and you know how the season went for this team. But another reason I gave him the four stars is because when things started to fall apart, when, um, you know, Brendan Hagel was traded, and then all the stuff about, hey, this is a rebuild, what's your future going to be? He handled it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the other guy who <laughs> didn't handle it quite as well. So to me, that gave him that extra bump of a feather because all of that goes into being a player. It's not necessarily just what you do on the ice. The way he handled that, he, he answered those questions exactly how they needed to be act, answered. Didn't make it about him. Just said, hey, listen, this, now's not the time. 
I worry about this in the off season. We'll have discussions right now. I'm just trying to, to play, play out this season the best I can for my teammates. That's how you answered those questions. So, um, that's why I gave him the four star, the fourth feather. Uh, I, I was kind of, you know, stuck between three and a half and four, but that pushed me up to the four. Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Surfin uh, Duck says, I'm sorry, Narfin says, is he close to taking over any American-born NHL player records? Brett Hull is the leading American-born points uh, scorer, 1,391 points. Well... Not American-born. American. American player. American player. Um, Mike Madano, 1374. Phil Housley, 1232. Jeremy Roenick, 1216. Somehow not in the hall. And Patrick Kane, 1,180 points. He should very likely surpass all of them by the time his career is over. For U.S.-born, it would be passing Madano. Yes. So I think he can do that. I think they're. I think Hull's in sight, too. 1391? He's got 1180? Two, he's 200... And eleven points in three seasons. Yeah, three, two hundred points in three seasons. That's seventy points a season. Yeah, yeah. Even if he has a twenty-point drop-off this year, which wouldn't be shocking, that's still seventy-two points. Yeah, yeah. Puts him one hundred and thirty away with two seasons. I guess. I guess. I could see that happen. It's in reach. Yeah, it's in reach. Uh, And I think he's got more than three seasons left too. Yeah, I think I think he does too. Two hundred and twelve points away. So that's literally 70 points a season for the next three seasons, and he's right there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he can play at a high he's level. He's going to smash it, just at like least you guys that. should be smashing that like button. <laughs> he's going to dab that, dab the records. Um, Dabbest of all the records. Yeah, I, you know, he definitely can play at a high level for at least next three seasons as long as his health holds up, which no indication it shouldn't. Um, I don't know. I guess for me it's, it's what does his future hold? If it's in Chicago, what are his teammates going to be? What's his role going to be? If he goes elsewhere, um, is he going to be, you know, the go-to guy star player, or is he going to go to a team that already has players like that and he plays, I don't want to say a secondary role, but, you know, what is what is his role on that team? Will it be being a 80-plus point, point guy, or will he, I, will he play less like, than 20 minutes? I don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of What team could he but. go to where he's not a top six there's, I mean, Nobody. even if you look at Colorado, he's going to be on a top six in Colorado, how and he's going to be on. Yeah. How could you not put him with? Yeah, he, yeah, McKinnon. he's going to be on your top power line. play unit. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think his chances of breaking the record are better if he leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's not going to leave for just a lateral team like as good as the, the Hawks or like you know a team that's a fringe. He's right. going to go try to win another cup. That's the whole point. Of, that would be. For me, for Patrick Kane, the singular reason he would leave is to play for another cup. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and maybe to break the American-born record, you know, the American scoring record. Um, but I think he could do that here, too. So if he's going to Colorado or Tampa or wherever you want to – or the Rangers, which just won't go away, he's going to be a top-six player for them for sure. Yeah. And I think what, all these things we just talked about, the American record – the Blackhawks franchise records, those are all major selling points the Blackhawks should be making to him if they want him to stay around. I mean, and those are all great PR things, too, for when you have a team that's not going to be that great. There's not a lot of reasons to show up for the next three or four years. There's a reason to buy a ticket Mm. in two years is to possibly see Patrick Kane break that record, set that record. Mm -hmm. That's a marketing uh, tool for this team that needs – 
a lot of reasons to get you to show up for the next couple of seasons. Definitely. So there's your value in keeping him around past this season if the Hawks want to do that. You, you know, I, and that's why I think ultimately I think Patrick Kane is still here after this season. I think he's the guy they bring back. I don't, I don't see Patrick Kane as a cup chaser. I honestly believe that yeah. setting the Blackhawks records are more important to him than another Stanley Cup. He doesn't need that cup to cement his legacy. He's right. a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retires right now. Doesn't matter what he does from here on out. He doesn't he's not, you know, he's not Phil Bork or Phil Bork. Phil Ray Bork. Ray Bork. Ray Bork. Well, Phil Bork yeah. never won a cup either. <laughs> uh, he's not <laughs> he's not Ray Bork. He's not Kimo Timonen. He's not Marion yeah. Hosa. He's not that guy that needed that cup to cement his legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just, you know, this is all he's known. If I was a betting man, and I can be when I, when I log in the points bet, um, that's the only time I'm a betting man, I would think he's back after this season. I just have a feeling the longer he doesn't decide he wants to go somewhere, the more he decides to stay here. So yeah. I know we got a lot of time to get into this, but I've been thinking a lot about these two. And – I think you're right. If I had to handicap it, I think Kane is more likely to stay than Taves, especially if things this year are not a disaster. And when I say that, yes, they're going to lose, right? Like, that's a given. They just don't have a lot of talent on the roster. But if the coaching staff is solid, if there's signs of growth, if the organization is functioning as an organization should, those are the sort of things that I could see Patrick Kane looking at and saying, look, I like playing for Luke Richardson and Derek King and Derek Plant." and Kevin Dean, and, and everything's cool. All the Derek's. We're having a good time. I like being with these kids and helping them play. I get to be on a line with Lucas Reichel, or I get to play on a line for, you know, this year with Jonathan Taves. Whatever his his re, his logic will be, as long as things aren't Jeremy Colleton-esque, I could see him just sticking it out and trying to break the scoring record. And there's no I think pressure. There's no pressure, and I think the chances of this season being a complete disaster are very slim. Like, when you look at Richardson yeah. and who his crew is, you look at the leadership group, the hockey ops side, things are going to run the way they should. Again, the losses will be there, but it's not going to be the chaos that it's been for the last two, three years. Disaster is last season. Yes. Last season was, let's try and build something to do something significant this year and maybe make some noise into the postseason. And absolutely none of that happened. It was a disaster. The way that this season is is already kind of shaping up to kind of look based on the, what they've done with trades and, and, and free agent moves and things like that, disaster <laughs> almost would be the team winning too much. Yeah, being too good. Yeah. Because Somehow making the playoffs, that would be disaster. <laughs> that, w- that would be disaster because you – the, the plan of long-term rebuild, making sure that we, you know, are a, the team is able to extend a successful uh, contention window longer than, you know, four or five years. It's like 10, 11, 12 years, hopefully. Um, you don't do that by, in year one, getting the, the 14th pick or um, making the playoffs. Like, you do it by being in the lottery and having a shot at, a generational franchise changing player in in, in the draft yeah and it, yeah so as a, a, a disaster would almost be not a, too much success wins quote unquote um but i will say because I, I i think it was kind of we were kind of talking a little bit about it 
earlier this week uh, on, on our previous shows about the team succeeding and, and are we, should we be rooting for them to lose? Like, no, like if it so, ha- these are professional players. They are, they are designed uh, in a lab to win, <laughs> win, win. That is the, the, the mentality they have. They don't go out there saying, oh, I, I, I can't score this goal. Otherwise we might win. And that's going to screw up the rebuild. Like that's not what they're thinking. They're thinking in the moment, win this hockey game, whether they win or lose is, 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 you know, the outcome that, you know, gets played out, but they're trying to play to win all those players and not to, you know, shake up Jay's <laughs> nightmares of the team being too good. But if Jonathan Taze does have a resurgence, uh, if, if Patrick Kane plays up to the, to the level that, that he's shown before, if Seth Jones has another season like last year, if Peter Morazic kind of bounces back from his terrible season last season, if Max Domi and Andres Athanasiu take it, take these opportunities to play in a top six role and run with them. Lucas Reichel turns out to be, you know, a pretty decent player. Um, uh Oh, they might, they might actually win more games than we're expecting them to. And if they are, as far as the rebuild goes, that's not good, but we're still going to enjoy a team that wins. I I, I think we're going to kind of (laughs) be in a weird spot. If all those things happen where we're like, okay, the team's winning. We're enjoying that. This doesn't, go along with the rebuild which is hard to not enjoy but how do you not like it's it's a it's a weird yeah, it's gonna be a, it's weird, gonna be dynamic, a weird spot to be in sure. but again i i think the the plan of the rebuild and the way things are set up it should go to it should go to plan yeah here's a way here's how you here you can correct that if you have goals in three straight games you're automatically traded uh, <laughs> and take a seat uh, and uh, more alex stalock starts 40-plus Alex Daylock starts will prevent any of that nonsense from happening. <laughs> there you go. That, that will help your, Problem that'll help your winning issues. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to Jonathan Taze before we wrap up. Uh, going over his numbers, 71 games, 12 goals, 25 assists, 37 points, minus 14, four power play goals, three power play assists, 125 shots, 9.6% shooting percentage, average 17.29 of ice time, uh, 47.92 Corsi, 47.68 Fenwick, 4792 expected goals for for Jonathan Taves. Uh, I gave him two feathers, and much like you discussed earlier, Greg, with Patrick Kane, we're grading this on expectations. And hockey-wise, we didn't really know what to expect from Jonathan Taves, right? Um, missed an entire year with the missed realness. Um, came back and was sort of vague about how he was feeling, how he was doing, what he dealt with, those sort of things. Uh, started the season on a big goal this streak. Um, but for me, what, what five games, right? Yeah, I had him down. I had him at two and a half. And then I started thinking about some of the other things that Jonathan Taves did. Um, the things we did expect from him last season was, uh, were leadership, um, opportunities. And I think there were several times where he had the opportunity to show that he was a solid leader where he failed. Um, first with the resignation of Stan Bowman and his first comments were, I don't think it's fair that a guy loses his career over one mistake and yada, yada, yada. He was always nice to me. He, right? Yeah, he yeah. treated me well. So then, again, two days later, he's got to go restate what say he meant, say he was insensitive, whatever. Same thing when the trades go down. I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know how to be a captain of a losing team. I don't know what rebuild means. Very, very self-centered behavior from Jonathan Taves in both cases. 
And um, that's something I never thought I would really see from him, a guy who was dubbed the best captain in hockey for a long time. Well, you know, Jonathan, you really frankly prove your leadership when things get tough. It's really easy to be a captain when things are going well. And, um, you know, the, the make of a, of a player and of a leader is how do you handle adversity? And this was really his first time having to handle team adversity. And I think he failed miserably. So I gave him uh, two feathers for that. Yeah, I almost went lower than two feathers because of those exact reasons. It was a difficult year for Jonathan Taves off the ice. It wasn't a great year for him on the ice either. But again, as you mentioned, these grades are based on expectations. And I literally had zero expectations for Jonathan Taves this season because we had no idea what player we were getting. He missed right. an entire season for a mystery ailment that never really made a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, he was coming off a pretty good 2019-20 season. That, of course, that 18-19 season was was the best of career his career. Best, yeah. uh, that was wasted. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, it, and he struggled big time to score. And and you know, every important stat was down. And and that, but that wasn't unexpected. Mm -hmm. So to to right. mark him low because you thought he was going to be that 2018-19 season, Jonathan Taze. Well, then you had unrealistic expectations for him because I think we all knew that wasn't going to happen so that's why I gave him two I wanted to go lower because yeah the results weren't great the only stat that like really jumps off the page as far as like really good was he had one of his best face-off years ever 59 yeah, percent and go away yeah that was great to see and, and on a team that struggled mightily to win face-offs outside of him and Dylan Strom uh, he's going to have literally have to take all the face offs this season. Yeah. So I hope him and Yannick Perot are working out. But, you know, again, as Jay, you said, all that other stuff was so disappointing. Uh, and just, you know, we didn't get on the beat until mid, you know, early March. So, you know, the trades happened pretty much right after. And anytime we got to talk to him post game or after practice, it was just like, he's such a downer. He's just, uh, just the way he wanted, like, he just sounded like a defeated man. And you don't want that out of your captain in a room full of young players. So hopefully this year, his recent interview with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic sounded more positive. It was a little more optimistic. I felt better about his attitude. So maybe it's just going to take some time to get in there, get Luke Richardson to put his arm around him and say, hey, I need you. Like, I, you're my guy here. We need to work on this, and we'll see what happens. I, think, I really think ahead, the sorry. coaching change is going to make a big difference I for him. I think so, too, because, like, no disrespect to Derek King. We, you know we all, we're all big fans of him, but he was not an NHL coach. He was not ready for that not re position. Not ready for that moment, yeah. And not, he said as much, Yeah, basically. he admitted and it. He He's did, admitted yeah. it, and to, mm -hmm. his, to his credit, he, he wasn't ready for that. And now you got a guy in Luke Richardson, yes, who's never been a head coach outside of a couple of playoff games filling in. A couple of Stanley, final, Stanley Cup final games. Yeah, I mean, those are okay. <laughs> I mean, but did they win but those yeah. games? No, I'm just kidding. But this is a guy that is One ready them, right? for it. Nah, it, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, he, this, <laughs> Luke Richardson is definitely a guy that is more polished and more ready for mm -hmm. that. And he's a guy that, as Derek King said, he couldn't command a room. Luke Richardson commands a room. He commanded the room at that press conference. When he came in here and he <laughs> yeah. walked in the doors here at CHGO, you were like, Dad is a, a damn hockey coach. A, per, right a, per, there. a person, a, a coach with a presence. This yeah. guy, no matter what, if he tells me exactly how many drops of cream he wants in his coffee, I'm going to do that <laughs> exactly because he just yes. has that presence. So yeah. I think having a guy like that for Jonathan Taves is going to make a big difference. Yeah. I wonder, too, 
and I'm I want to like be careful how I say this because I don't I don't I don't mean it critically. I think for a guy like Taves who has really only been a winner his entire life, maybe he felt like the correct way to be a leader when the team was losing was to act pissed, was to be like this is unacceptable and we're terrible and I can't deal with this. And maybe he felt like his best way to lead was to was to show the rest of the players on the team that he still cared, that he wasn't going to tolerate losing. And that sort of leans to like the topic of, well, I don't really know how to be a He said something along the lines of, I don't know how to be a captain of a rebuild. And I think yeah, what I he think was he saying was, verbatim. is how do I show leadership when, when our, the idea is to lose? And I think maybe with more stable hockey ops leadership and a more stable and respected coaching staff, he's going to be told, look, man, here's what we want from you. And I think maybe those postseason meetings with Kyle Davidson may have included some of those conversations. Because one thing we know about Kyle Davidson is he's just very frank. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, he's not a bullshitter. He doesn't he like gives no F's twist it. Yeah, he just, he just tells you, like, this is what we're thinking. And it is what it is. And we got to do what's best for the team. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think he said, you know, I think the conversation could have had something in it with, that was like, we don't need you game by game living and dying with the result. We want you to help get these kids to the next level, understand how to integrate into the NHL, uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Like that's how we need you to show leadership here. And yeah, compete hard in the corners and do what you've always done on the ice. Right. That was the thing is like, if, if the captain of the team and the highest paid player can go in and win puck battles and block shots and do all those things, then everyone on the roster can do this. And that's why Jonathan Taze was looked at in such a, in such a respected way. And rightfully so that's how you lead on the ice. But I think if you lose getting pissed off and being short with the media and that, that does set a bad example. And I think that might be what Jonathan Taves has to learn over this off season. And I think the leadership and in, in charge both on and off the ice are the right kind of people to get that message to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a change in mindset. Instead of saying this is unacceptable, you say, okay, this is why it's unacceptable, and here's how we not repeat the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it. Don't live and die with the results of every single game. Live and die with the progression, and that's that's uh, you know what uh, that's what my advice to all Blackhawk fans are. Don't live and die with every shift. Live and die with the progression from opening night to the end of the night. And right. as, as we got another $2 super chat from our guy, Brandon, man, Brandon, you must have an amazing job because you are super chatting. <laughs> you are our dabbest of the super chatters <laughs> here. on yeah. CHO Blackouts, but King Admiral Luke should do well as a head coach. I agree with that. Agreed. I'm excited to see what Luke Richardson can do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I'm just basing that on, on, on chatting with him a couple of times and what everybody in from, Montreal says. I have yeah. no like, I have no cute little heat map charts to put on Twitter to explain why I think he's going to be a good coach. He's just got that vibe of a guy that knows what he's going to do and, you know, has he's another guy that has a plan. Yeah. He, it's, it's, he has a solid uh, approach, it seems, to, to being a coach, to being a coach uh, in, a, in a modern uh, NHL, I think, is, is very important. Um, everything that we heard coming out of Montreal were, were, were great things about him. Um, hearing him talk at the, at the press conference, uh, having him here in studio really felt, you know, you could feel the, the presence that he brings as a coach, uh, the kind of the, the mind that he brings and, and, the, and the temperament that he brings to the game is, is, is good stuff. Um, and most recently we got 
you know, an endorsement basically from, from Max Domi saying like, yep. I wanted to come to Chicago because Luke Richardson was going to be the head coach. And, and uh, you know, Domi had uh, some of his best seasons in Montreal as uh, in his career when Richardson was on that coaching staff. So I think, you know, every indication so far is that, you know, Richardson should come in and, and be a really positive influence on this team and on this organization in a head coaching role. And, and so far, I don't think there's any reason uh, not to believe that. And I, I think for Taze, um, you know, I also, I also gave him two feathers, uh, exact same reasons that, that have all been covered. I think for him coming into this season and, and the thought of leadership, uh, like, like, like Greg said, it'll, it's, it's not necessarily we need you to lead to win and, you know, bring us out of the, the depths when we lose. It's more of you are the future Hall of Famer. You are the captain. Set the example in the locker room of what it is to, to, to do day in and day out, to be that pro, to, to, to be that way. Set, set the tone in, in, in the locker room that way. Because, and, and, and I, I go back to the conversation we had with, um, uh, when we had the, the, the Chicago Steel head coach, I cannot remember his name, Brock Sheehan. When we had him on, on the show, and he emphasized how much doing things off the ice the right way in workouts, in, in meetings, on, in practices, all these things for the steel, setting the culture of winning so that when you go onto the ice, all of those things you do off the ice translate on, on the ice and the success follows that. I think for Jonathan Taze, that is a lesson that when he was captain of, of, of the early 2010s and, and the cup winning teams, he also had Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith mm-hmm. and Patrick Sharp and Patrick Kane and Marion Hosa and so da, 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 down the line. All these guys that could that also were doing those things to set the tone in the in, in the locker room, in workouts, in meetings, off the ice, you know, even just hanging out as as a as a team on road trips and things, doing it in a way that that built that, you know, winning culture that 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 um, you know the 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 environment of we are doing things the right way and and the success on the ice is coming this is a a a team that has not really had that outside of guys like taze and kane for a number of years uh you know duncan keith obviously was gone last season as well brent seabrook has, has has been gone so i think if he can focus more on that uh setting that up for the future of the team um and not having to be stanley cup contending expectations captain I think that can help not only him change the mindset change change around his mindset going into the season it can help kind of change around the mindset of the the team and kind of bring together a a future forward-looking team uh and and then that that can set up a a culture of success uh for for the next wave coming behind him if he wants to be here for that that's up to him yeah, like fl- flipping the Gatorade table after a loss when you've got Hosa and Sharp and Keith and Seabrook and all the people you mentioned has a different feel than it does if he does it in a room full of kids. Right. Because the kids are going to feel that as he's mad at us for not being good enough. Whereas if he does something like that 
in a room full of veterans and a room full of all-stars and a room full of Hall of Famers, they're going to see that as he's blowing off steam for himself. Not, I'm, that's an exaggeration. Flipping, I'm sorry, flipping over the bio-seal table. Yeah, there you go. Um, Get yeah I'm right sorry. Um, Throwing the bio-seal bottle. Yeah, it like, <laughs> not that he has a history of doing but I'm just saying, like, your average, like, verbal or physical expression of frustration after a game feels different to all those greats and legends who are like, ah, Johnny's pissed. We're all, we're all pissed in our own different way. But Lucas Reichel sees that in a couple of years, if he's still here, like Frank Nazar sees that and they're like, oh God, he's mad at us for not performing. And that can, that can do some damage on the confidence of young players. Yeah. So you, you, as, as times change, your leadership has to adapt. And hopefully in the time since Hagel was traded to when the puck drops on the 2022-23 season, Jonathan Taves has sort of gotten some instruction and figured out himself how to how to adapt his leadership. The, the goalposts have moved, yeah, and you've got to realize that uh, and and not have your expectations quite as high as they were in the past. And you mentioned one of the buzzwords there, Mario. Culture. That's a big word that Buzz. that general managers love to say. Winning culture. Well, Jonathan Taves, his majority of his career was in a winning culture. Patrick Kane knows what it is to be in a winning culture. Yep. Tyler Johnson knows what it's like to be in a winning culture. Those are the guys you need to get on board to just be like, just show these guys what it takes to be professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, show us what it takes. And that doesn't mean winning every faceoff. Show what it's like to be a professional winning hockey player on and, more importantly, off the ice. Who's a good player who's been on teams that have always sucked? Shane Doan. Shane Doan. He's a good one. Um, Phil Kessel. Phil no. No. <laughs> That's a two-time cup only, champion. Only when he's in Toronto. Um, <laughs> those, are, those, those are decent teams. But I think Shane Doan is not a bad call. Shane Doan. Um, Jonathan Taze pick up the phone and say, dude, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. How year after year after year did you handle? Maybe we can get Shane Doan on the show. We can make a call to the PHNX group and see if they got his number. That would be real. That would be an interesting conversation. I know. I know. I know. Our PHNX crew knows his son's yes. number, so there's our <laughs> there's our connection <laughs> there. There you go. Uh, uh, former Blackhawks captain Alex Shemov, his surfing yeah. duck, points out uh, mm -hmm. now a head coach in Russia. We can get him between smokes. We can put him on the podcast. Yeah. Why not? I'd love to talk to Alex Shemov. Okay, wear my number thirteen jersey. Are we on the able show to? Right are we able to connect? Uh, to, to the Russian internet. I don't servers? know. Yeah, that's a good question. Not, Who not else sure will be about watching that, that one. conversation. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. the question. Yeah. Well, Here's just, Alex Zamnoff and the entire KGB. I like I like the Shane Doan idea. Let's figure. Let's talk, let's talk to our guy Craig Morgan and see if we can make that happen. I think we could. I I I hated Shane Doan as a player. I just hated him. And then I got the chance to actually talk to him for a little bit when I was uh, scouting in the North American League. He was in town for a big showcase that his son Josh was part of the junior coyotes program and he was coaching so i actually got to talk to him for like five or ten minutes and i was like okay dude i hated you as a player but you're 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 a pretty awesome guy yeah and he was super cool so i think he would do it all right he'd be a good guest let's guess. make it happen let's get it done one thing right. I, one thing i would yeah, go ahead. say to jonathan taste if he's listening or watching he is no he is um he's the one spamming us in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a spammer <laughs> he's, he's um, here for my feet he's very being very undabbed if he channel. if he has not I would highly recommend uh, checking out the, the show Ted Lasso and watching the uh, the character arc of one Roy Kent. I don't know if you guys have watched the show yes. at all. Not me. 
But uh, that is, I, I feel like that is something that really shows a player on a different side of his of his career, unhappy with with the situation he's in, and kind of the culture of that team changing as as he changed as well. So uh, that would be something I would. Uh, I would have Jonathan Taze uh, take a take a look That's at a, get that, the get the Apple subscription that and, is and watch actually, that show. That is such an awesome comparison. That like that is a that, that is show. a really really solid observation by you. We should make that a YouTube clip. I'm calling it. Okay. I I, I think that is so right. A surly, proven veteran at the end of his career, on a team that now sucks. His game is not what it used to be, and he's dealing with that reality. Uh, I love. That's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. I like that a lot. I have a feeling. I'm so happy Jonathan's, with myself now. <laughs> I have a weird sneaking suspicion that Jonathan Taves has watched Ted Lasso. It I seems to be popular amongst the athletes. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's he's the target audience. Yeah. All right. What do we need? What do we need? What do we need? Oh, we need a product that works just as hard as we all do. What am I talking about? Well, something that works harder than that for me. <laughs> It's Owen, not Owen Power, spelled differently. O-W-Y-N stands for only what you need. It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly, and they don't contain any gluten or dairy, which makes them more easily digestible. Good for me. You may have heard about those. Uh, you may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and you use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off of your first purchase when you use the promo code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. Uh, I've been using Owen for uh, workout recovery. Um, I don't believe it is... Uh, Used as a meal replacement, but I have done it before in a pinch. Uh, it tastes good, keeps you uh, keeps you full if you need to do that. Can you dump it on a meal? I don't see why not. <laughs> it's it's your it, Owen. You can do your Fruit Loops in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. It's your Owen. You can use it how you want. Uh, but uh, join myself and Justin Fields. Uh, pictures of perfect health. Yes. one and the same. Uh, try your try Owen for yourself again. That's O W Y N. Only what you need. Owen plant based protein shake. All right, that show flew by. It did. That was a lot of fun. Tomorrow is Throwback Thursday. We are going to focus on the Hawks of the 90s. Yeah. In honor of no, Tony uh, Monte's 52nd birthday. No Harry. Uh, we no. did our Harry Dick show. Yeah. We can do one later. <laughs> People are into it. We need to do save that for one of those uh, West Coast late night post game shows. That needs to be after 11 p.m. Yes. We'll go, we'll go through the history books. But, yeah, we're going to talk about Tony Monte and – some of the things that happened after that, after that cup uh, run and uh, before the dynasty, all the stuff that happened in between there, there were some actual pretty good Blackhawks in that span yes. that a lot of people have a lot forgotten of really about. really good players on bad teams. I think I need to bring my, uh, my Jocelyn Tebow McFarlane. Oh, we're remote tomorrow. You can put it on your yeah. desk. I'll put it right on my desk there, yeah, so everybody can see it. We have a Jocelyn, Jocelyn Tebow cam. I have a bobblehead and a McFarlane. Remember Ooh, the McFarlane sport picks? Those are cool. Yeah, I got one of those Jocelyn And then uh, Friday we are going to – that's um, – Friday is our podcast only day. And that will be uh, 
Blackhawk prospects playing in the World Juniors. Yes, 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 we should. I, I was expecting Team USA to announce their roster yesterday since they are traveling to Alberta yesterday. They traveled. Uh, they should be in Edmonton now. Um, yeah, I guess Canada's ma- came out yesterday. Canada's came out. Uh, Team USA, sh- I guess, should come out t- later yeah. today at some point. Um, no one on Canada's roster for the August World Junior, uh, but the World Junior coming up in December, which will be the 2023 World Junior, there could be at least four Blackhawks on Team Canada. We'll see. Uh, there may be at least four Blackhawks on Team USA for this upcoming World Juniors. Um, Dominic James, Frank Nazar, Landon Slager, and Wyatt Kaiser were uh, on the roster for the final cuts going up for Team USA. I would at least expect three of those players to probably make it. I think Nazar, Kaiser, and Slager are going to be on the team. But, hey, don't rule out Dominic James. He had himself a good camp. Uh, We'll see what happens and then uh, go from there. But, yeah, that tournament starts on the 9th, I believe. Very exciting. All right, join us tomorrow at 11 for Throwback Thursday. Thanks to Sarah for uh, running the show today. We appreciate it. And she did a dab job. Dab job. Probably Four the feather dab. producer job we've had all week. So thank you so much for that. And we'll be back tomorrow at 11 on a CHGO Blackhawks podcast.